today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Then we see after Jesus speaks to the disciples that Jesus does what? He left them hanging. It is I. Do not be afraid. See you later. I'm walking on this thing. You guys get the row. No, he got into the boat, didn't he? He got into the boat. And in Matthew, though, before Jesus gets into the boat, Peter gets out of the boat. Crazy Peter. In Mark, we're told this in chapter 6, verse 51, Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. As Pastor Eric leads us through the account of Jesus walking on the stormy sea to the aid of his disciples, we are reminded of how caring our Savior is. We all experience storms in this life, but just when we think we're going to have to go it alone, Jesus comes walking out of the storm and joins us in our boat. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message, A Boat, The Story of Man's Life. John chapter 6, I titled the message, A Boat, The Story of a Man's Life. And so far in John chapter 6, we have seen the only miracle that has been recorded in all four of the Gospels. You guys remember that miracle? What was it? The feeding of the 5,000. And and Jesus, at this time, remember before they fed the 5,000, before he fed them uh, with the disciples, him and his disciples wanted to get away together alone. And so their idea was to go on this mountain, kind of a retreat, uh, because the disciples had just came back from their first missionary trip, in a sense, where Jesus had sent them out. Now, Jesus wanted to spend time with them and to kind of hear what happened, although he knew what happened, but just that fellowship time together with, uh, with, with his disciples. Now, did that take place? Well, no, it didn't, because guess what happened? As they were sitting there, the great multitude of people came towards Jesus, and Jesus was moved with what? Compassion. Yeah, he was moved with compassion upon the people. And so as he was teaching the people, it came to be evening time. In evening time, what do you do in evening time? Well, for most of us, and just as these people, is dinner time. <laughs> and so Jesus didn't want to send them back home without feeding them. Now this was a kind of an issue because they didn't have any food to distribute. Now Jesus... Uh, looked to his disciples in a test and saying, you know, what are you guys going to do? And so he asked them that. He asked them, you know, what, what is the plan? In, in uh, Mark uh, 6, he actually asks, asks them, are you going to give them something to eat? Now in John's account, in John chapter 6, he turns to Philip and he says, where are you going to buy the bread for these people? Well, I, I mean, there's 5,000, okay? 5,000 men that were recorded. And if you were Philip, you'd be thinking what? Uh, I don't know. You're Jesus, you know. (laughs) Philip replied by saying, well, where should we buy bread? You know, 200 denarii wouldn't feed these people. Now, 200 denarii, remember, family, that that is six months' wages, And so that's not even going to be enough. So then Andrew, Peter's brother, came forth and brought a young lad, and he had uh, five barley loaves of bread and two small fish. And that is what happened, is that Jesus took the bread and the fish, he gave thanks to God, 
And that's where the miracle happened, was in the hands of Jesus. And, 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 and then it was distributed and to the point where the people were uh, full. And that word is, uh, the Greek word is for that is, for the, is the same as our word for glutton, in a sense. They were so filled, they were stuffed. They were stuffed. Jesus provided it in a huge way for these people. Remarkable, right? And then last week, we saw that the multitude wanted to take Jesus by force and make him king. Well, why wouldn't you want to make him king? Because he has just provided for you. Not only has he provided you for physically, but he has been healing the sick. That was the whole reason why the multitude came to Jesus in the first place is because he was healing their sick, those who were diseased. What better man to put into power and to take them out of the Roman rule than Jesus? Well, we know that uh, Jesus took that, uh, that role as king on Palm Sunday, in a sense, right? When he allowed the people to say, Hosanna, Hosanna. And ultimately, as we learned last week, he will come and he will set up his kingdom. And that is to come. Stay tuned. That's going to happen. So that brings us to verses, our verses today, verses 16 through 21. And this section of passage is very well known to those who have been around the Bible, who read the Bible, uh, or even grown up in uh, a family with a Bible. It's very, very well known. But this passage deals with Jesus walking on the water. It, it, it deals with Peter walking on the water. It also deals with Jesus calming the storm and getting the disciples to the other side. And so, yes, this title of the message is kind of odd, don't you say? A boat, right? A, the story of a man's life. It's kind of odd. But truly, it makes sense when we're looking at the application of this passage into our lives. And so this passage, I truly believe, is coming at the right time. And would you guys agree that God's timing is perfect? Yes, God's timing is perfect. And, and the Bible tells me this in Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-three: Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. The only way one could understand and know the condition of his flock is being uh, open and relying on the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, to guide him. And the Holy Spirit, church, has guided us to this passage today. This passage of Scripture, the Lord has reserved for us today. He knew that we would be reading this today from the beginning of time. And he knew that you would be here. I tell you what, the Lord had a wonderful word to me this week through this passage. Let's read our passage, verses 16 through 21 of John 6. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Verse 20, But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat 
was at the land where they were going. Beautiful, isn't it? And this morning, as we dissect this, as we get into the word, we are going to be bouncing back from Mark's account, Matthew's account, and John's account of this passage. So what do we observe first in their text? Well, we see that it is evening time. The disciples went down to the sea, the Sea of Galilee. Now, in Matthew's account, before Jesus went off to pray by himself, he made the disciples get into the boat so that they would go before him to the other side. We are told, though, that that other side, again, was to Capernaum, which, by the way, was an eight-mile journey across the sea. An eight-mile journey across the Sea of Galilee. Then we see the 12 disciples were in the boat, right? They were in the boat, and we see that Jesus was not with them. Again, he went off to be by himself. Now, this would have taken place uh, as it was evening. It would have taken place during the first watch of the night. Now, the first watch would have been during the times of 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Now, keep that tucked back in the back of your head and in your hearts because this will play into uh, our passage today. They, they got into the boat between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m., okay? Then we see that the seas became, they, they just started getting tossed to and fro from the wind. Because in verse 18, it says that the sea arose because the great wind was blowing. They entered into a storm. Now, it was interesting to me, I, I, I learned this past week that there's a, I believe it's Mount Hermon, I think, I believe it's a mountain, okay, we'll go on that, that part, where there is cold uh, pretty much all throughout the years. It's even snow-capped there in Israel, okay? Now, the Sea of Galilee is 9,000 feet below sea level. Now, when the Sea of Galilee was a very tropical, it is a very tropical area. It's very warm, humid, okay? And so as the heat rises, the cold air then comes in, and it comes and it causes this great storm often within the Sea of Galilee. Pretty interesting, okay? So this is not an uncommon thing that has happened, that the storm has hit, and the wind was just going within the sea, now, according to Matthew 14.24, the boat was in the middle of the sea when this had happened. Now remember, I mentioned that the, the total journey was eight miles. So they were four miles in, in the middle of the sea. Now in the middle of the sea, what's around you? Water. Water. There's no place to like, oh, there's land. Let's, let's hug a tree or something to protect ourselves. There's, there's nothing there. It's water. It's your boat. You and the water and the fishes. Crazy. Matthew goes on to say that the sea was tossed by waves because the wind was contrary. Meaning the wind was coming this way and that way. Behind you, the sea was tossed. So guys, can you picture the scene? You're in a boat and you are getting rocked back and forth. Water coming into your boat. I mean, it is insane. I've never been in such a scene, but I don't want to be in such a scene, you know, of where water is coming into my boat, into my vessel. And then we see Jesus coming onto the scene. After rowing three to four miles, guys, Jesus comes in. 
And Mark 6.48 states this, Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. Mark 6.48 So now when Jesus comes onto the scene, did you guys catch what time it is? During the what? The fourth watch. Now the fourth watch, you guys, would be between, would be between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. When did they start in the boat? 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay? So that means that the disciples had been rowing for close to 6 to 12 hours. 6 to 12 hours they were rowing, and then halfway through their journey, they came into a storm. So as we're told in all three Gospels, Jesus came to the disciples. Meaning this, Jesus Christ walked on the water... Jesus walked on the water during what time? Was it calm? No. He was walking. It wasn't just like a glass of sea, uh, you know, just where it's just perfectly calm. He's walking when these winds are kicking up these waves left and right, front and backwards. This thing is chaos. But Jesus Christ was walking during this time in that uh, craziness. (laughs) He was walking... And he was going, and he was going, as Mark said, he was going to walk by them. He wasn't concerned with the waves. He was, he was going to the other side. Interesting. Well, <laughs> the disciples, you guys, we are told that they were afraid. Verse 6, verse 19, it said that when they had rowed uh, about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were afraid. Well, yeah, wouldn't you be afraid? I would be afraid. First of all, I'd be afraid of the situation that I was in. Two, to seeing a human being walking during this crazy situation, coming towards the boat. I would have been afraid. Mark's account says this in Mark 6, 49 through 50, It says, and when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. (laughs) Well, yeah, for they all saw him and were troubled. Matthew's account aligns with Mark's. Matthew 14, 26 says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out with fear. This is not normal. This is not your normal activity to see a man walking on the sea. Would you cry out if you were in that same boat today? Cry out and say, oh my goodness, what is going on? There is no question to me seeing a man walking on the water during a storm would freak me out. I would be afraid. I would be afraid. But then we see Jesus speaks. In John, we're told Jesus' words were this. It is I, do not, do not be afraid, right? It is I, do not be afraid. 
have you know that during this time, the storm was continuing to show its face. The winds were crashing. The water must have been filling the boat. You have 12 guys, and then you hear the words of Jesus saying, It is I, do not be afraid. Mark recorded it this way. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Matthew. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then we see after Jesus speaks to the disciples that Jesus does what? He left them hanging. It is I. Do not be afraid. See you later. I'm walking on this thing. You guys get the row. No, he got into the boat, didn't he? He got into the boat. And in Matthew, though, before Jesus gets into the boat, Peter gets out of the boat. Crazy Peter. And Mark, we're told this in chapter 6, verse 51, Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Well, yeah, that only makes sense. You get into the boat and you just experience and you've been rowing 6 to 12 hours and, and, and half of your journey has been through a storm. When, when Jesus gets into the boat and everything is calm, I would be amazed. I would be kissing my bench that I was sitting on, but I would be praising Jesus and saying, thank you. Thank you for calming the storm because... Man, we are tired. Have you guys ever done the row machine at a gym or anything like that? After four sets of it, you're done with that thing. Maybe even one set of that thing, you're done. You're pulling like this. And you're like, why am I doing this? But these guys were doing it because they were being obedient to God. They were being obedient to Jesus saying, go to the other, go to the other side. So just imagine your arms are burning. You're burning. Your back is burning. You're, you're just tired. You're sweating. There's fear. And all you can do is just continue to row to get through this thing. They probably thought they were going to die. I mean, it's a good assumption, isn't it? It's a good assumption that this was a very difficult time for the disciples. But as John says, when they willingly received him, him being Jesus, into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. That is remarkable. They were in the middle of this thing. They were in the middle of the sea during the storm. But when they received, willingly received Jesus, they were to their destination. Now, what a great word that is for you and I today. A great word for us. It's a good word for me a good word for me that I get to share with you. A good word. A word that brings comfort and peace to us as the hearers of God's word. The Bible tells us that God is our comforter. The Bible tells us that. If you didn't know that God was the God of comfort, well, guess what? He is. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, which says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comforts, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble 
with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. That is a good word. That God comforts you in the midst of your tribulations, and then through God's comfort, then you are able, you are equipped to provide that same comfort to those around you who are going through tribulations. Because of who? Where is the source coming from? From God, the God of all comforts, as the Bible says. Our lives are like a boat, believe it or not. Our lives are like a boat. (laughs) Small vessels, big vessels, medium vessels, whatever you are, you, in a sense, are like a boat. And you might be thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Pastor Eric has lost it, officially. Maybe. But, in one's life, One faces smooth sailing. There's the times and seasons when everything is calm, right? And calm or smooth sailing would be defined as the water's calm, the sun is out, blue skies, not so hot. Uh, Everything is just right. Everything in the life is, in the lifeboat is going well. Have you guys ever cruised in smooth waters before? Yes, I'm sure you have. You might have a difficulty of remembering those smooth waters, but I'm sure there's been a point when you have cruised on smooth waters. In fact, being born in the United States of America is pretty smooth waters, I would say. Now, some of you in your time of life have gone through a time when you uh, are docked. Docked, meaning what? You're parked, not going anywhere at the moment. You're just sitting. And this is probably one of the most difficult times in one's life is when you're just sitting there wondering, when am I going to get out there and start cruising again? You know, I've just been sitting here and this, you know, could be for a while. But it's when God wants to get into your vessel and cruise around in it when he wants to use you. But the heart being is that you're available to be used whenever God wants to take you out and to use you. Then there's times in one's life when you're in the repair shop, right? The repair shop. Now this is a place that no one wants to be in, but the fact of the matter is is that we all go through repair. There's seasons of healing in one's heart. There's seasons of, of restoration that is going on. A time when The great mechanic is working on you. Now, yes, I would think that dock would be kind of boring, but repair is kind of painful. Because sometimes you have to wait for parts to come in (laughs) and to fix the problem. Ultimately knowing that the Holy Spirit is going to bring that fixing in His time. And He's going to repair you back to to the ways that He has planned for you. Pastor Eric Kluth's message today gave us a greater insight into the incredible life that Jesus led in his time here on earth. His life and death are the basis of the Christian faith, and we hope you've been encouraged in your faith by what you heard today. As we close this edition of Grace to the Hearers, we'd like to tell you how you can receive a free copy of today's message. 
Simply send an email to info at gracetothehearers.com and be sure to include today's date and where we can send you a CD. You can also call us at 520-723-7047 to speak to us in person. That number again is 520-723-7047. Be sure to visit our website as well to discover more about Grace to the Hearers, Pastor Eric, and what our goal is with this ministry. We'd also like to ask that you consider partnering with us in prayer as we continue to expand this ministry. Grace to the Hearers and other ministries like it are valuable tools that God is using to further His kingdom on earth. And we feel that God is calling us to reach more and more people with this broadcast. Would you join us in praying for this ministry and the people who are hearing Pastor Eric's messages? We are incredibly blessed to be able to share God's Word with you already. And we would be honored to have you interceding for us as well. From all of us on the broadcasting team, we want to say thank you for listening today. Join us again as we continue our deeper look at the book of John. Next time on Grace to the Hearers. 